0: like the Page 30 Coalition which is an institution of small and minority businesses From the U.S. Hispanic Chamber, the U.S. Black Chamber, the U.S. Asian Chamber, the Small Business
1: Board. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond.
0: When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street.
1: Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 84th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. This show is sponsored by the COO team, helping your organization pivot, as well as Milestone Mental Health Agency for all your emotional telehealth needs and Apex Financial Group of Virginia. Today we are continuing in our COVID-19 Business Resource Series. Uh, While many millions of dollars have been siphoned from COVID resources by way of fraud, a number of legitimate business owners are no doubt dealing with hardships and struggling to access resources. Joining us first is Ron Busby. He is the President of the U.S. Black Chambers Incorporated. Their mission is to provide committed, visionary leadership and advocacy in the realization of economic empowerment. Through the creation of resources and initiatives, USBC supports African-American chambers of commerce and business organizations in their work of developing and growing black enterprises. As president and CEO of the US Black Chambers, Inc., Ron Busby, Sr., possesses a wealth of business management skills and a strong commitment to serve black business owners. Mr. Busby is a former successful business owner himself and has been recognized as one of the nation's best CEOs. Ron Busby grew his first company, USA Super Clean, from $150,000 in annualized revenue to over $15 million in only 10 years. Early on in his career, USA Super Clean was recognized as the largest black-owned janitorial firm in the country. Mr. Busby has also started and grew two other janitorial firms, both resulting in over $4 million in annualized revenue. Having a successful track record as an entrepreneur paved the way to establishing Ron Busby as an influencer in the black business community. Trained by some of the country's leading corporate executives, Ron developed his skills at some of the nation's largest corporations, including Exxon, Xerox, IBM, and Coca-Cola USA. While in corporate America, he was recognized as National Salesperson of the Year, Mr. Busty's leadership and philanthropic efforts to support Black-owned businesses has led him to be recognized as Advocate of the Year by the Minority Business Development Agency, as well as named Man of the Year by Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Currently, Ron serves on the board of Bowie State University Foundation, the Bayou Classic Committee, Pfizer Small Business Council, National Newspapers Publishers Association Foundation, Board of Directors, Essence Festival Entrepreneurial Advisory Committee, FCC Broadcast Diversity and Development Committee, Businesses for Responsible Tax Reform, Small Business Administration's Council on Underserved Communities, and he is a founding member of Black Wealth 2020, a native of Oakland, California and a graduate with honors from both Florida A&M and Clark Atlanta University. Ron Busby has dedicated himself to the empowerment of the black business community. He's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, a father of two sons, and currently resides in Washington, D.C. Ron, welcome. How are you? I am well. It's so uh, an honor to be
0: back on your show. It's always great to talk uh, to your listeners about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, which is a black economic agenda
1: for sure thank you so much for being here so of course you know covid is is the conversation right uh yeah. so i want to get straight into talking what resources if any is the uh u.s black chambers inc providing to help business owners pivot great question and i um uh, uh, again if you uh,
0: go to our website, uh, usblackchambers.org, www.usblackchambers.org, you will see that we have a resource guide there. And it okay. will uh, really talk you through all of the things that you need to know, the frequently asked questions. Along with uh, three times a week, we will send out uh, emails about the latest uh, issues pertaining uh, COVID-19 policy updates. And once a week every Thursday we do a webinar series on exactly what you need to know uh, and step you through how to fill out the paperwork, which banks still have funding, uh, where are some of the opportunities in reference to growth through the pandemic, and give some just real uh, realistic steps and processes that our members, along with your listeners, can utilize to not just help them through this, but to have sustainability after we come out of this uh, so that we can continue to have prosperity in the black community.
1: Fantastic. So that's usblackchambers.org. dot org. You said there's a resource guide there, and we can get information about the webinar series, and uh, certainly sign up to receive your emails and things like that right there on the website. Yeah, right there on the website. Blackchambers dot usblackchambers.org. Fantastic. I just want to tell
0: people that in reference to this whole conversation about the payroll protection
1: plan, let me just yeah, let's start there.
0: Yeah. Based upon the title of the program itself, it was never designed... For us. For for us. Right. You look at the piece of legislation itself, the 769 and 68 pages. Nowhere in this bill were the words listed black or African-American. This was never about uh, reparations or improving the economic conditions of black and brown or minority-owned communities. Um, this really was about small business. Now, the challenge is uh, the majority uh, of the black-owned businesses of the 2.6 million black firms that we own and operate around the country, 2.5 million have no employees. Exactly. So this program was really only uh Prepared for roughly 114,000 black-owned businesses to be able to participate in. Right Now, there are other uh, programs for the self-employed, uh, but we need to make sure that we are educating and uh, also just participating in the program. What we're finding from our membership around the country are a couple things. One, our members are saying, hey, man, I'm just application fatigued. I, I'm one week uh, I've gone through the process The last couple of weeks And I'm not getting any love I'm not getting any help I'm still confused And so Forget it I'll just keep operating And that's uh, Again In the industry That we are in uh, 40% of all Black business revenue Comes from just five industries And those are the industries That are being hit the hardest That's restaurant business uh, that is uh, lux- luxury services which is basically a salon, shops, beauty salons ale salons, spas they're being hit heavily uh, sports uh, that's athletic teams that's uh, gyms that's personal trainers they're being hit um, uh, retail is being hit heavily hard um, nightclubs, entertainment uh, and lastly hospitality if we really wanted to address black businesses we would look at industry specific related uh, funding opportunities to take care of those industries because we know about 40 uh, 40% I'm sorry 50% of all of our revenue is coming from those industries and when those industries are hitting hard we know that the rest of our communities are also going to be hit hard
1: Yes. And so is it, is it your um, is it your understanding that there are industry-specific funding opportunities that are available then?
0: There are some. And so what you'll see is the U.S. Black Chambers will be coming out uh, in the next few weeks in June. Uh, right after June 19th, we'll be celebrating. Uh, we'll be introducing our new mobile directory. It's called Buy Black, and it will be our seventh version of our mobile directory. Uh, directory for black owned businesses but you will see that we will be talking about industry specific uh, related policies and I think for a lot of Americans they don't understand what happens in Washington DC has an impact on what they do in their local communities and so we will take those specific industries talk about the challenges that they're having uh, some of the policy that's addressing some of those concerns And then talk about the future of those industries. And so it's not just about, you know, hey, we're whining, we're having problems, but we're going to talk about policy that's going to be that's already implemented to address those. And then more importantly, what the future of those industries are going to look like and what we need to be doing today to prepare ourselves.
1: Awesome. And if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. uh, Having a conversation now with Ron Busby Sr., the president and CEO of U.S. Black Chambers Incorporated. Of course, we're talking about COVID-19, its impact on uh, our businesses. We're talking about the industries where we're represented uh, and what the U.S. Black Chambers is doing to address those needs. So my next question actually had to do with policy direction, sort of there in Washington um, and what your organization is doing. Can you just kind of talk through uh, some of that? Sure. I think for
0: what happens here in Washington, D.C., uh, first off, again, you didn't see the word black or brown or minority listed in the legislation. It was about a small business policy. So now yeah. we understood that. We understood that if we were going to take care of Folks that were employed, we had to take care of those companies that they worked for. So we kind of understood that coming out of the gate. But now is about making sure that the backbone of America, which is our small business community, they have what they need to have prosperity. And so for us, yeah. you'll see things now come down like the Page 30 Coalition, which is an institution of small and minority businesses from the U.S. Hispanic Chamber, the U.S. Black Chamber, the U.S. Asian Chamber, the small business organizations, the women's business organizations, because in the legislation on page 30 is the only place that they talk about making sure that the minority and underserved communities were first in line. Uh, That has not happened. So for us, it's about holding this administration, Treasury, SBA, banks, and everyone else accountable what was our, for what was already written. Sure. What we don't want to happen, and what I'm advocating against, is in this next possible round of funding, that the rules change. We know that 50 publicly traded firms took up $250 billion of the first $349 billion that was made available. Everybody Say those numbers the, again. 50
1: publicly uh, traded firms took up how much of the first...
0: $250 billion mm-hmm. of the first $349 billion. Yeah. So 50 companies took up the majority of all of the money that was set aside that taxpayers put up mm-hmm. to take care of the country, and you had 50 firms be able to take up the majority of that money. Now, what was really the, the, the problem with that is that there was no accountability. Right. We did not ask them what they were going to do with the money, right. if their needed the money. They found out on Friday they were able to call their banker on Saturday morning, play golf with them on Saturday afternoon, and by Saturday night, they had the dollars that they were requesting. Yeah, now you're talking about this next round of funding, and they're saying, well, before we release any of the money... We want to have accountability. We want to find out, do you need the money? What you're going to do with the money? Was your firm affected by COVID? And I'm saying, no. Mm. You didn't ask that of the large white firms that got those dollars in the beginning. Don't ask me.
1: Don't ask me. And
0: more importantly, if you told those firms just two weeks ago, oh yeah, guess what? If it was below $2 million, don't even worry about it. Keep it. I'm saying we are not going to allow that the rules be changed in the middle of the game. If the rules were fine for the big companies, then they're going to be fine enough as far as I fight and advocate. They're going to be fine enough for the guys that are now just coming to the line. We don't want the rules to be changed because now they found the flaws to say now we have to be accountable. We have to be held to a different standard. I just don't believe in changing the game. So changing the rules of the game in the middle of the game—really
1: important. You know, this issue of funding, you know, is obviously not a new challenge for the Black community, um, and in some ways, with regard to perhaps EIDL. Mm-hmm. This created a little bit of an opportunity. Can we change lanes uh, for a few moments and speak to that particular program? What are your insights? Um, I've been getting word from many of our members now on a daily basis that they have uh, received communications from the SBA, letting them know, you know, what they qualify for in terms of the EIDL—very low interest loans. Um, and you know, this is access to capital that they may not have had before. What are your insights?
0: I think that this is going to be one of the, if not the, uh, largest uh, dispersion of wealth that we have seen in our lifetime. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, I also say that we know that thirty-five to forty percent of all black firms are going to go out of business between now in the end of the year based upon COVID-19. So I say, although that is a terrible fact, it is also a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Because those firms that are going out of business had a few things. They had clients. They had customers. They had revenue. They had vendors. They had employees. And so I tell our firms, let's take advantage of the tragedy. And let's make an opportunity out of it. So let's find those firms that were maybe a similar industry that we were in. Or for those of us that have jobs that are saying, you know what, I think I might want to go into business for myself. There are going to be opportunities out here for our firms to do a couple of things. Buy those firms, merge with those firms, do joint ventures, partnerships. So on that opportunity is there. And then as you discussed, there's actual access to capital. There's yeah. access to loans. And what I don't want our members and your listeners to fall into the conversation of, hey, I want a quick fix. I'm gonna go to a fintech company, get a quick check, and hopefully make it through. No, I will want I want the folks that are listening on this call. To make long-term decisions, it starts with access to banking relationships. Indeed, yes. It ain't about getting a check. It's about creating a future. And with that in mind, the first thing, if you ask any small business owner what their number one concern is, they will say access to capital. If you ask a black business owner, their number one, number two, and number three concern is access to capital. Yeah. This is an opportunity where capital is available, but you got to be smart about it. A yeah. couple of things on the payroll protection plan. Make sure that you understand what you're using those dollars for. If it's not for payroll, guys, they're putting a lot of money aside to give to the Internal Revenue Service to make sure that they're going to hold up to a different standard than they held those 50 firms. And so if you're not using it for payroll, and that's what it's designed for, please be very, very careful, because there is going to be some pushback on that. But in reference to the idle loan, it is exactly that, a very low interest rate loan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can spread that out over 30 years. 30 years. So for those folks that are saying to themselves, well, you know, I need access to capital, this is a great opportunity to, to go... And apply for those dollars that are made available. And the second thing, go make yourself a friend at your bank. Not your bank teller, not the person that you see when you... Go establish a banking... The average black family has less than $400 set aside for an emergency. The average black business has less than one month of revenue set aside for a tragedy. This is not going to be the last pandemic. You could get your computer hacked today, and if you're a black firm, there's 90% chances that you're going to go out of business. Wow. Again, just because we were hacked. So let's not even talk about a cybersecurity war. We're just talking about, hey, man, somebody got in, got my password, and hacked my computer. You're out of business. We need to start thinking proactively about our business, what could happen, and more importantly,
1: what the future of that business is and can look like. Really sound advice. We've got about a minute remaining. Fastest 15, 20 minutes of my week (laughs) (laughs) chatting with you. I certainly hope to have you back on the show. What would you say in closing uh, to to business owners uh, that for whatever reason, you know, didn't qualify for the PPP, uh, what, what, what would you say just in closing? I think you may have just said it. Maybe you just want to direct us to your website again. Yeah,
0: you, you can find out information at www.usblackchainsbirds, with an dot sorg C-H-A-M-D-E-R-S.org. I'll say this. I know we're getting ready to go into an election season. And I know we're a, a non-partisan. So I don't care if you're blue, red, we're about black. I will say that over the last four years now, we've heard a lot about making America great again. Mm-hmm. And I, like many of your listeners, say the same thing. I want America to be great as well. But in order for there to be a great America, there must be a great black America. Mm-hmm. And in order for there to be a great black America... We must have great black businesses. And the only way we're going to have great black businesses is I need your listeners to support those black businesses. Mm.
2: We cannot
0: look to the outside world to manage our internal communities. We have to support one another. And I would love for those listeners
1: that are on the call to also support the U.S. Black Chamber. And you can do that by going to our website and becoming them Well, thank you so much, Ron Busby. It has indeed uh, been a privilege and a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for the insights, and I'll look forward to talking with you again soon, okay? As always, it's a pleasure of mine to be on the call. Good Uh luck to your listeners and continued success. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment with Hashtag Money Talk
3: excellence is being able to perform at a high level for a long period of
1: time
2: the next level success is just a step away stay tuned black wall street today will be right back after a word from our underwriting sponsors
1: when the conversation is good and the friends are even better you'll find a wine that brings it all together shoe crazy wine remember that name shoe crazy wine available at costco kroger and these other fine retailers
4: We know you love jazz music. So let's try some jazz music with a little R&B flavor. What about some jazz music with a little trap flavor? Jazz and Caribbean. Hey, we mix it up. Online, look for Grandpa Crunk and enjoy the great jazz music. Grandpa Crunk, jazz music. Peace. I'm your brother Crunk. I have a new podcast called Snatched. Sorry, you're about to get snatched. It's the best of my YouTube channel from TV.
0: you to Snatched Podcast
4: in audio mastered format.
0: Snatch it, run!
4: On Blueberry, Android. The Edgy Podcast, Stitcher, Digital Podcast, and Speaker.
1: Ever experienced what snatching is like?
2: And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV.
1: Welcome, welcome back. It's the 84th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham, and it's time for Hashtag Money Talk, sponsored by Apex Financial Group of Virginia. Joining us are Mr. Anthony Epps and Mr. Michael Gray. Gentlemen, how are you? Great. Good. Good. Fantastic. So good to have you both on the air. And again, you know, thanks so much for the relevant information as we deal with uh, the COVID pandemic and the financial challenges that have ensued. What will we be sharing on today? Okay, so today what we have, we're going to discuss briefly
3: uh, some of the services that we provide and also, too, some financial planning concepts that you should have in your toolkit, tools that you can use. Uh, during this COVID-19. So we're going to share some different concepts that could be assistance to so many listeners on today. So we're going to begin with the mothership. The mothership is life insurance. A lot of times folks have a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to life insurance. A lot of times we look at life insurance as, as just for death benefit. But today we want to talk about the old versus the new. There are new plans out there to offer living benefit riders, okay? These benefit riders, Uh, provide riders such as long-term care, uh, accelerated death benefit, terminal illness, chronic illness, critical illness, and living benefits, what they do, they pay benefits while you are living. So that's the key word there. Living benefits means that you get benefits access to cash while you are yet alive and living. And these benefits could be a tremendous help to so many people because, number one, it offers financial security, tax advantages, and it can make a big difference. And also, too, we like to provide a annual review. We call it a comprehensive annual review service that we provide to all of our clients. And we'll offer that to anybody today that would like to uh, have their insurance policies updated, reviewed. You can do so by calling us at 757 640 02074 update, and this is a free consultation that we will give to you just to make sure that uh, you are transitioning over to the new plan versus the old plan. So that's number one. Uh, Number two, we want to talk about something that I think affects everybody, and this is what we call estate planning. As you well know, a lot of people have a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to a will versus a trust, and put it very simple, uh, a will will put you in probate. A trust will keep out of probate. That's a big difference. And okay. so if you want to look at a will versus a trust, we have information on that. we we'll provide a service for you as well. Again, you can call us at 757-640-0207, and we will give you information on the difference between a will and a trust. One puts you in, one keeps you out. Real simple. Uh, the third thing we want to talk about is what we call debt relief. And this is something I'm quite sure everybody in America uh, can benefit from. We all have that, Uh We have mortgages, car payments, credit cards, student loans, you name it. Uh, We have a program here that can help you get out of debt, okay, in less than nine years. We can show you how to be entirely out of debt in less than nine years. And this benefit here, uh, this concept, you can take on this concept without actually raising your monthly budget. You don't have to spend additional money. And this is a program that we offer, again, to have individuals who want to retire some debt. And we want to make sure you get off that treadmill because... The concept really is predicated on you paying yourself. you got to pay yourself sometimes. We've got to start paying all these banks and lenders. And We've got to take some of our dollars and pay ourselves. So So there's a very powerful concept that we have called debt relief. And we can show you how you can, in less than nine years or less, include your mortgage, including mortgage payments, without spending any additional money. And this is a program we strongly, strongly, strongly recommend. And, again, you can have this service by just calling us today at 757. 757- Six four zero zero two zero seven, and again, that is a free program. And debt relief, like I said, it concerns all of us because during these uh, hectic times we're living in now, uh, people want to uh, get some type of relief, and we have a program that could help you with that. Uh, the fourth thing I want to talk about real quickly is uh, retirement planning. Uh, we have programs now uh, under the CARES Act uh, that the government has put into place under the CARES Act that we have individuals that's facing a hardship, they can now go to their 401k, their IRAs, their retirement plans, what is qualified money, uh, they can actually withdraw to $100,000 uh, without any penalties. Uh, and you don't have, to have, you don't have to be age 59 and a half to do that. You can be under 59 and a half, and you can still withdraw to $100,000 without any penalties. The 10% penalty is gone. And also, too, taxes will be much favorable because taxes will be delayed so that way you can get your money up front and this is the CARES Act, up to $100,000 you can take out without any penalty. So I would urge you again, if you have a retirement account, 401K, uh, qualified account, IRA, uh, if you're having some hardship, uh, we have the program here. Uh, we can help you to assess cash, okay, in times such as this. Also speaking of retirement planning, if you have a uh, account, uh, 401K, IRA that's tied to the market uh, Wall Street indexes you know the impact that COVID has made on the marketplace, uh, the market has been in a downward trend, the market is very volatile and the People have lost a lot of value so under this CARES Act again you can actually transfer from a high volatile uh, uh, environment to something that's much safer uh, so we can actually help you with that we can transfer money from uh, 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 let's say like a account uh, tied to the index Wall Street and we can help you get into something that's much safer so that we you can have a good night's sleep so again uh, if you want that service you can contact us here at 757-640-0207 now moving on so a lot of people are having questions there because One of the biggest retirement vehicles that we use or utilize is Social Security. Uh, We have programs here that help you to maximize and update your Social Security. Uh, A lot of people ask the questions, uh, well, uh, should I take it early at 62 or should I take it at full retirement age at 66? Well, these are the questions that we have uh, our clients with because it depends on a lot of circumstances. Uh, Sometimes people need money up front. Sometimes folk can delay. But we help you answer those questions through what we call a Social Security uh, a review and update. And also, too, if you're married, divorced, uh, if you uh, you know, a widow or whatever, we can show you concepts and strategies on how to maximize your Social Security benefits. A lot of times, we've been able to help people, individuals uh, that didn't know uh, they had money left on the table, we was able to help them raise their benefits by just using a simple strategy and a simple concept. So again, uh, for all those who are looking to, uh, start social security benefits, for those who already have social security benefits, we can help you with ways to maximize and get the most out of your social security benefits. Again, you can call us at 757-640-0207, and we'll be more than happy to give you an update and a annual review on that, uh, on your benefits. Also too, uh, as we continue to move along, we also offer money for individuals, business, business owners who need to assess capital. We have capitalization for small business owners who have a difficult going through conventional banks to assess capital. We can you with those means as well. We have banks and lenders that will help you to assess capital if there are certain things in place. And this has been a big help in the community because a lot of times business owners don't know where to go to assess capital So we have business capitalization that we can help you to assess capital for your business needs. Again, we can help you with that concept and that service as well by calling us today at 757 640 207 And again, these are services that we're providing. And again, all these services, we'll get that to you for a free consultation. It won't cost you a dime. All we do is ask you to call the number and set up an appointment with us, whether it be telephone, whether it be Zoom, or whether it be face-to-face, we want to have it sit down with you for one hour and look at your concerns again just call us 757 640 207 and last but not least uh we just want to uh, reach out to uh, all the video listeners today that may have any other questions concerning financial planning we want to make sure that you have the right tools in your kit and you have the right tools in your kit you have the proper tools to work with and we offer financial services, and we cover a whole lot of different services. So we don't have the time they have to go to all the different services that we cover, but you get a uh, just, just a few services that I mentioned that could help so many people by just coming in and sit down and talk with us. And, again, the number here is 640-0207. And we wish you well. Uh, again, during these um, uncertain times, we can still plan, and we can still get ahead, we can still make sure that we protect our assets, protect our retirement account, and we can do so by planning. And so we offer these services to you today. Again, call us today at 757 6400207 And Mrs. Blair Durham, I think that pretty much covers some of the uh, concepts that uh, I want to get over today. And uh, if there's any questions, uh, I'd be more than happy to address any questions that you may have uh, in reference to some things that I just mentioned.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, we've got just a minute remaining. If you could, just somewhat, I think you said something very powerful at the start. You said that life insurance is the mothership.
3: Yeah. Why is that the Mother- case? Because, because actually, life insurance is a very simple concept. What you do, uh, you, 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 you buy discount dollars, okay? You buy discount dollars, okay? So you pay three cents on a dollar. That's discount. So I'm going to sell a dollar to you for three cents. So the question is, how many dollars do you want? So we look at life insurance as discounted dollars. So if you came to me and said, Mr. Gray, uh, I want to buy you a dollar for three cents. And the question I would ask you is how many dollars do you want? See, so you're a dollar for three cents or five cents. And that's what life insurance basically represents is discounted
1: dollars. So a lot of times folks understand the concept of a very powerful concept. Huge, huge. And I think especially powerful for our community. Uh, thank you so much. This has been great. Definitely look forward to talking with you next week and when we return we'll have Gil Blanche sharing more COVID-19 resources. We'll talk in just a moment.
3: The biggest financial asset that you have going for you by miles is the value of your own earning power over the years.
2: If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. More important business insights are on the way. Stay locked in. Black Wall Street Today will be right back after these messages.
1: Are you a 757 business owner? Do you desire to make new connections and grow your community involvement? Could you benefit from taking classes to sharpen your skills? Well, join Black Brand, Hampton Roads' regional Black Chamber of Commerce. Completing a membership application is simple. Just click onto our website at www.blackbrand.biz or download the app. We look forward to meeting and building with you soon. WHOV would like to thank Black Brand for its support of WHOV programming.
4: Hey, this is Seiko, DJ Seiko Varner, the producer of this podcast. So when I'm not producing podcasts, I'm actually DJing wedding receptions, corporate events, other formals, and I would love to take care of your special event. So, our company is Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. That's www.positivevibes.net. We've been performing for over 25 years, and we would love to bring our expertise and our fun To your special event, Positive Vibes Incorporated, www.positivevibes.net. Peace and prosperity.
2: And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV.
1: Welcome back. It's the final segment of the 84th edition of Black Wall Street today. We are sharing now with the present CEO of Urban Life, Hampton Roads. He's actually our very first guest, Mr. Gil Bland. I am going to share uh, a lot of his experience here. It is relevant to our discussion. Uh, Mr. Bland does serve on a number of important boards around the state of Virginia, uh, including the Hampton Roads Community Foundation, the Virginia Chamber of Commerce, the Virginia African-American uh, Advisory board where he serves as chair. I serves on the National Community Advisory Board with Truist Bank. Uh, and serves with Reinvent Hampton Roads as well. He is a business and civic leader. Mr. Bland has been an owner-operator of restaurants for over 30 years, uh, primarily as a franchisee of Burger King and Pizza Hut, as well as Mrs. Fields Cookies. Uh, In this capacity, he's owned, constructed, and operated over 70 restaurants in Virginia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C., and employed over 2,000 team members annually. Uh, During this tenure, Mr. Bland was among the nation's largest African-American American franchisees. Uh, just this year, Mr. Bland is being inducted into Hampton Roads' Business Hall of Fame and chosen to receive the region's Lifetime Achievement Award for Volunteerism. Uh, Burger King Corporation has recognized Mr. Bland with the James McLemore Founders Award for his outstanding contributions as a franchisee and endowed a scholarship in his name at JMU, James Madison University, in recognition of his temporary service to the cable brand. Bland's fellow franchisees elected him to five two-year terms as president of the National Minority Franchise Association, a trade association where he represents African-American Burger King franchisees in America and in the Caribbean. Bland has also been the recipient of the Outstanding Alumnus Award for JMU. In 2019, Mr. Bland was chosen to chair a statewide committee to review and create a report on the culture of Eastern Virginia Medical School in the wake of the Governor Virginia's photo scandal at EVMS. And again, here in 2020, Mr has been appointed to uh, three statewide committees to help guide efforts and resources during the COVID-19 crisis, including the COVID-19 Education Work Group, the Health Equities Work Group, and the Back to Work Task Force. And so, again, I want to welcome you back to the show. I know it's been it's been a good while, almost two years, so it's good to have you back. How are you?
2: I'm well. Thank you for uh, the invitation
1: to, uh, to chat today for sure. I hope that wasn't too painful, but I gotta let folks know who you are and the great work that you're doing. So I think we could start the conversation by talking about what the Urban League of Hampton Roads is doing uh, in terms of COVID-19 testing.
2: Well, well, thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to that. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that uh, first hats off to Sintera. Uh I serve on their board and I Reached out, Uh, we we started a health equities group um, nearly a year ago, and I reached out to share that I thought there may be some opportunities where folks in uh, public housing communities, uh, the homeless shelters, and senior homes may not be getting testing, and and this dates back a couple of months ago when testing supplies were short and. and very much in demand, you know, very limited supply of testing for COVID. And for those who are testing, usually we're driving to testing sites. And as you can appreciate, uh, folks living in in those kinds of environments don't necessarily have transportation to to get to uh, drive through testing. Uh, So I shared that, and uh, they immediately uh, embraced the notion. Mm -hmm. And... um, In a partnership with the Urban League and the the Food Bank, uh, we began testing. And we tested in uh, each of the Hampton Road cities where uh, Sentara has a footprint. And we tested uh, residents in public housing, uh, senior citizen homes, as well as uh, the homeless community. Uh, We did it in an unidentified uh, vehicle so it wouldn't draw too much attention, uh, in part because supplies were limited. In part, we wanted to to uh, create some confidence that uh, this was a, an effort that they could trust. But uh, to, to further ensure that we saw the coalition of leadership in each of these communities, and we also did it statewide. We did it in Woodbridge and Halifax County and Harrisonburg and Charlottesville. And uh, there, we uh, used uh, members of the Virginia African American Advisory Board to lead the effort. And the effort was to create a coalition of municipal leaders, uh, those in the housing mm-hmm. departments, and uh, then community leaders. And, and specifically, we sought out faith-based pastors uh, that community, mm-hmm. because we wanted to ensure that residents could have some comfort, that uh, the testing was safe. Uh, this fear dates back to a century ago with Tuskegee syphilis experiments
1: and
2: and folks not being, uh, you know, really being used uh, improperly. So we wanted to borrow against the equity of the pastors and churches to say, uh, we believe that this testing is safe. And then in Norfolk uh, we we added to that uh, perception, I joined with uh, NAACP representative and several pastors and we actually went to the Virginia Department of Health and Sentara tested each of us and videotaped it and uh, the video was sent out to social media and to the churches. So we wanted to make sure that AR citizens had the same testing opportunities as everyone else, you know, regardless of their economic conditions and B, that, you know, they believed that it was safe. Because in particular, we knew that in uh, some of the uh, public housing neighborhoods, the density of population didn't allow for social distancing uh, and as well as a knowledge of, you know, what they should be doing. And it, it turned out to be uh, very successful. Uh, and How many it people said, were tested and, here in Hampton
1: Roads,
2: if I could ask? Uh, probably in each community, at least 200 plus. Um, So, you know, it's a fair number. And, and, you know, while that number, given the total population, might seem slight, this was a targeted testing. It was done in underserved communities. And it was also at a time, uh, and I'm dating back now, you know, six weeks when we started, where testing supplies were in uh, very limited supply. Uh, since that time, you know, now the state is engaged and uh, testing will be much more widespread, almost on a retail level, yeah. but uh, I'm very pleased with uh, with what we were able to do and, and, and help coordinate that effort. It's been uh, wonderful watching the community come together and recognize the interdependence necessary, you know, to, to make the village. Uh, you know, I use that term a lot, you know, it takes a village. And I think in the COVID uh, pandemic crisis, we've seen a village actually begin to form and work together. Uh, my prayer and hope is that it continues after the crisis to Wow.
1: Yeah, I, I'd like to hear, you know, what, what will be your ongoing effort in terms of uh, the Urban League and, and this issue? I know that there is uh, some fear concerning, you know, fall and winter seasons that are ahead. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously there's, there's not a vaccine yet on the market. Um, are you looking to continue in the testing effort or, or what other things is the organization putting forward?
2: Well, one of the one of the things that we've done, we've, uh, we've coined a, a new effort initiative that will be known as Healing Hampton Roads, and we're setting up a uh, a help desk that will be a, uh, a central repository of information for all the COVID assisted programs and grants available to our citizens. Uh, we will, you know, counsel. Uh, them on, you know, what may be an appropriate program as well as help them fill out the applications if necessary. Okay. So we see that as an ongoing uh, effort to assist the community because uh, even after the, you know, the, the wave, uh, the first wave uh, begins to subside, uh, there'll be a lot of cleanup, uh, particularly for our small businesses and, and small institutions that have not have revenue for months.
1: Yeah. If you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham of Black Wall Street Today talking now with Gil Bland. He's the president of the Urban League of Hampton Roads. And we're talking about, obviously, COVID-19 resources and uh, initiatives that his organization has underway. I've got to ask this question. Uh, I feel like it's a very... Like these two things, you know, they go hand in hand. We talk about the availability of testing, and then we talk about the availability of PPE, right? I just read that the governor has said that beginning Friday, we're going to be required to wear masks uh, in, in the public. Uh, is there any talk around or any effort to ensure that business owners can keep uh, an adequate supply of stock, if you will, of PPE? Um, of, of masks and so forth, or
2: is this part of what you all are doing as well? Uh, we will definitely be engaged in, in uh, PPE distribution. Uh, I don't have details yet, but uh, you know, in order for the governor to to make such a uh, a requirement, it will you know require a, a very ample supply of PPE. Because uh, if I can share any uh, one warning caveat to your audiences. You need to protect yourself with a mask, um, in some instances, gloves, and continue to wash your hands. Uh, this is a very dangerous uh, um, event and uh, we, we need to be careful. Noting too. as that. soon as we get the details of, of, of the PPE distribution, um, you know, we'll let you know so you can share it with your audience, and we'll also uh, hopefully direct you to our website, which is... Uh, uh, We're the Urban League of Hampton Roads, so it's ULHR.org, and then we will, uh, you know, keep uh, our, our community up-to-date with, with um, website updates. Okay, okay, great. Let me hear
1: more about what... I will you-
2: share one other thing with you, too. Uh, I share the Virginia African-American Advisory Board. Exactly what I was going uh, to ask about. Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, and... Similarly, uh, now,
1: let me ask you
2: this is this a have, new board? It is new, it was uh, inaugurated on October. Uh, and it is a statewide board that uh, is appointed by uh, the governor, and the goal of the board is to be a voice uh, between the governor and the African American community. Uh, our goal, our job, our responsibility is to share with the governor the needs and the wants of our community. And sure. i to say in we're aware a number of the
1: elected elected and the testing you mentioned. Mr. Bland, and let me the- interrupt answer. you just very quickly. Yeah. Your audio has changed pretty significantly. Obviously, this is okay. COVID times, so we're relying upon you know, the telephones and such to, yeah, help me out. Okay, is this any better? Yes, it is. Okay, we could barely hear you for a moment there. So if you'd start again about the advisory committee,
2: that'd be great. Yeah, the Virginia African-American Advisory Board was, um, uh, the board was approved in the prior year 2019 general assembly session. We had our first uh, convening in October of 2019. Uh, We are uh, 17, 18 members appointed statewide by the governor. Okay. And our goal is to be the uh, voice and conduit between the African American mm-hmm. residents and the governor. Uh, similarly, there is a, a Virginia Latino uh, Advisory Board as well as a Virginia Asian Advisory Board. Got it. So uh, we all work in concert to to bubble up uh, ideas and needs from our community. Yes. We were hopeful. Uh, because we will prepare a report in September to the governor of, of initiatives that we think should be explored uh, through legislation or executive order uh, in the next uh, legislative session, we were hopeful to you know, make our rounds around the state to get feedback and input. Uh, unfortunately, COVID has uh, you know has kind of squashed that. And what we will be doing very shortly is sending out surveys to African-American residents statewide uh, with hopes that they will, uh, you know, be able to give us more insight into the needs of their respective communities.
1: Awesome. We appreciate the effort. Okay. And then two, let's see, we talked about the, we talked about now the VAACC or VAAAC. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the COVID-19 education work group. I know that is, that's another significant concern, you know, with, with school being closed and just ensuring that, of course, we've ensured that our students have access to meals. How are we ensuring that education can continue.
2: Well, um, th- that uh, workforce group is made up of uh, folks from the higher ed community, college presidents and representatives, as well as in secondary uh, school, as well as early education. And the goal is to discuss broadly, you know, the kinds of things needed to reopen them and the kinds of things needed to ensure that our students are uh, safe and continue to get a good education. Yeah. Each college uh, you know, will make their own decision in terms of what they do, so uh, there's no governance in this committee. It's just a advisory uh, work group um, to try to uh, assess and trade information on best practices. Sure. But, uh, each, each school will, will make their own decision. It's It's in addition, though, Blair, to it being an issue of providing a great education and students getting their money's worth with uh, being properly educated. It's also an economic issue uh, for anyone who's ever done business in a college town I have over uh, the past few decades uh, throughout Virginia. The colleges are the are the main engine of commerce in many communities in Charlottesville, Harrisonburg, and Blacksburg, right. where you went to college. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's no uh, Virginia Tech in operation, small businesses don't function, hotels don't have uh, wow. guests. Um, so it's a, it's a major economic impact, and, and frankly, it's a major cultural impact. Uh, the citizens of those towns depend on a uh, vibrant uh, college activity. And then, you know, you have the sports angle that brings in a, a, a number of, uh, you know, not only community and alumni pride, but economic activity. So there are a number of issues uh, and reasons why uh, everyone is supporting reopening uh the colleges, but, you know, doing it in a safe manner, in a manner where uh, kids can be educated and and live together in a a safe and uh, productive manner. Very difficult questions, you know, easy to talk about, easy to summarize, but, you know, the execution is, is, is where the details become very important.
4: Yeah. Is there
2: any... You know, the other part of that, Blair, is that, uh, you know, any, anyone, uh, it doesn't take a crystal ball to know that uh, come autumn, uh, that's when the regular flu season uh, generally hits the communities. So the, the combination of the of regular flu with the possibility that COVID-19 might still be lingering or even hit another phase, really really kind of challenging.
1: Especially concerned about public schools. Obviously, for the reasons that you shared, you know, i have concern for um, for higher education. But I'm concerned about our, our babies, as it were. You know, uh, we only have a minute remaining, though. So that's
2: and think of the ancillary issues with that. I mean, childcare yeah. you know, for parents who, who you know need to stay home from work uh, to take care of their children, or you know meals at schools so that's just a variety of issues
1: yeah it's crazy, well I hope to remain in contact as this issue um, progresses you know with, with all the boards that you're serving on and a lot of the initiatives that you have, to dev- you know I, I just I thank you for being a resource in our community and let's schedule some time to talk perhaps at the end of June um, about some of the progress that we're making
2: We'll be happy to, and again I, I, I encourage your listeners to uh, to follow us on u l h r dot org as well as v a a a b dot and we will do our best to uh, to share as much information to the African american communities as we can
1: perfect, thank you, sir and thank you you all for tuning in to Black Wall Street today Uh, this show is sponsored again by Milestone Mental Health Agency Apex Financial Group of Virginia and the COO team to our guest, uh, President of the U.S. Black Chamber, Mr. Ron Busby and to Mr. Gilbert Bland I want to say thank you again Uh, we are building minds we're building connections we're forging the path ahead toward business success in the black community we look forward to talking next week
4: and you might surprise yourself by what you can accomplish.
1: Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram, and then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal. Hey, yo. When I say black, you say Wall Street, Black,
0: Black, Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street, Black, when I say black, you say Wall Street, Black, Black When I say black, you say Wall Street, Black, Black Uh, Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street,
1: Phenomenal. Phenomenal.